Welcome to Jelle Mense Exploring Cross-Centered Contextual Justice in the South African Context. Jelle Mense is a ministry of Isabambano Center for Biblical Justice. You can follow us on Twitter. That's Twitter at Jelle Mense. So Jelle Mense, be on our platforms and please like us on Twitter. Follow us. Be updated about what's happening. I am your host, David Kluter. And today with me, drumroll... Guys, it's not John. I have somebody else in the studio. I have somebody else in the studio. It is Jeremy Kuri's my man. Are they, are they, are they? Good to have you, bro. Good to have you. Thank Good you. to have Good you. Good to be here. Guys, listen, today we're going to be talking about justice and discipleship. Justice mm. and discipleship. Mm. Um, listen, Jeremy's going to be with us and, and we're going to delve into this, into this, into this topic and we're going to hear what, what the Lord has been laying on his heart, yeah. uh, uh, how the Lord has been shaping him and using him in that regard, uh, um, uh, uh, in that ministry. Yeah. Um, but before we, we're going we're gonna to go that I have some housekeeping to do. I want to remind you guys uh, that our uh, Justice Forum is happening on May the 9th, that's May the 9th on Thursday, and it's titled Overcoming Your Socialization. Uh, we have a wonderful speaker in the house, uh, Ryan Seville. Ryan's going to share and, 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 and get into this very, 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 very important topic. Um, now let, me just, let me just give you guys a snippet of, of some of the things that, that, that you can expect uh, at our Justice Forum on May the 9th. So the news regularly highlights institutional and individual acts of racism. But these reports don't only reveal the persistence of racism, but a shallow understanding of it. And unearthing the pillars of implicit bias and socialization increases the likelihood of navigating conversations about racism successfully. And so in this forum, in this session, we'll be dealing with a biblical theology of socialization, seeing the socialization under appreciation, dynamic and practical steps to overcoming implicit bias. We all sit with this stuff. We all have these things. And sometimes we have actually don't know we sit with a lot of biases and things just because of our socialization. Listen, if, 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 this is, if the, all of this stuff is new to you, please, 9 May, get on our platforms, buy the tickets, go to Facebook, um, Yella Mensa, uh, um, no, Isabambano Center for Biblical Justice. Like us there or, or click on the links and please buy and get your tickets. Guys, we're going to get into our topic today. Getting into your, our topic today, it's justice and discipleship. Jeremy, yes, welcome. Sir. Yes, Thank yes. You. Welcome, Thank welcome, you so brother. Uh, won't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, your faith journey, and your current work? Mm. Thank you so much for having me on Yellow Mensa. It's mm-hmm. quite an honor. Uh, I'm a fan of the show. <laughs> I listen to every episode. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> every single one. Okay. Okay. Um, that's good. That's so good. it's really a privilege and an honor for me to be here. Uh, my name is Jeremy Kuris. Mm-hmm. I am uh, born and raised in Cape Town, specifically mm-hmm. Ocean View, yeah. uh, a small colored township. I, I like to say it's uh, culturally Cape Flats, but geographically removed from the Cape Flats. So, sure. So it's like a double forced removal. I sometimes say to people, <laughs> they removed us, then they removed us again. Um, you're. But uh, that's that's where I was born and raised, and I spent the first 40 years of my life there. Sure. Uh, met my wife in, in the community, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife is Tanya. We've, we'll be married for 20 years this year. Wow. Um, she's my best friend, and the best thing that happened to me since Jesus. Yes. yes and uh, we've been blessed with four children. 
Our children mm-hmm. are from the ages of 17 to mm-hmm. 18 months. <laughs> sure. 17 <laughs> so, to 18 yeah, months. Yeah, we, we're in youth ministry and children's ministry full time. Yeah. And we will be for a, another 20 years. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, and yeah, a, a bit about what I do. Um, I'm kind of a kingdom multitasker. So yes, yes. I run a small business, a uh, small PTY, uh, which focuses on music entrepreneurship. And we, we are not only an entrepreneurship, uh, small business, but we also empower other small businesses and sure. seek to develop young people who have a passion for particularly music and audio production and post production mm-hmm. and help groom them for either a, a career in, in terms of finding work or helping them create their own work and empowering wow. them as, Wow. As young freelancers, and particularly people from marginalized communities, we've mm-hmm. been privileged for the past four years to add to our range of services a, an internship, um, and there we've been able to to really delve deep into into journeying with young people and yep. actually seeing it as an opportunity for. I mean, our topic today: discipling young people um, yeah. for a career in 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 the music industry. Um, and then I serve with a movement, uh, a nonprofit called J Life South Africa, which is part of a wider family called J Life Africa, which is a disciple making movement that exists to serve the local church, yeah. helping her to mobilize disciple making movements. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit about wow. who I am and what I do. Wow. Talk about discipleship. Yeah, it's Talk kind about of, discipleship. Yeah. So you, you in the trenches, man. Yeah, yeah. You're in the trenches. Yeah, I was just trying to follow Jesus, man. Yeah, I think that's that's what what many of us are trying to do. Is you're trying to be yeah. faithful what the Lord is giving, yeah. has given us, and 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 giving some of that back to yeah. others. And a massive part of that is discipleship. Yeah. So, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about discipleship? At least in your mind, what mm. what what comes to mind as we as you think about this topic? Of discipleship, especially as it relates to Christian ministry. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll I'll say what is typically in the mind of believers yeah. before I, I, I share my thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, because we we serve churches all the time, and and these are the the things that we typically find people understand. You know, when we first begin to journey with them, uh, and it's a bit sad because discipleship as has become almost a like a believer's 101, you know. So yeah. this mm-hmm. is what you need to know. This is a body of truth that you need to know when you become a new Christian. And it's almost like your initiation. So you need to know this. And if you know this, then you're in and then it's fine. You know, well, then you can carry on yeah. with whatever else it means to be a Christian, Christian but yeah. like you just need to cover these basics. And and sadly, discipleship is often viewed just as a program that helps people understand uh, the basics of the faith or um, like an introductory class well, to becoming yeah. part of a church mm. or mm. an introductory class to, you know, before you get baptized or whatever the, the faith tradition yep. might yep. be. Um, and sadly, it's it's almost like something that you can graduate from, you know. Yes. No, no, I've done discipleship like years ago. Yeah, wow. no, we've yeah. we do other yeah. stuff now. You yeah. know, we yeah. we do now we do theology or now we're we doing do. leadership training or yes, yes, you, yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, wow. And yeah. and and unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not how the the scriptures paint the picture of what it means to be a disciple mm-hmm. uh, and what it means to 
to be a disciple who makes disciples. And so even in our language, um, we've tried to use the term discipleship a lot less Mm -hmm. and use terms like the noun disciple and the verb discipling or disciple making more Mm -hmm. because we feel that it better captures this idea that it's about being a disciple, which is an ongoing process. Yeah. It's a parallel process to sanctification. You know, I like to say sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit to make us more and more like Jesus. Yeah. Disciple making is the work of another disciple to help a fellow disciple become more and more like Jesus. Yeah. You know, so one one side of it is the work of God and the other exactly. side of it is our responsibility. Exactly. But it's all this journey, this process. Yeah. A lifelong process of becoming more and more mm-hmm. like Jesus in his character, so being more like him, but also in, we like to talk about his priorities, doing the things that he did. And often discipleship is just a cerebral kind of like information mm-hmm. and it doesn't translate into action. Yeah. Okay, so now that you know these things, what must you do? How, you know, how do you yes, live? Yes. Yeah. You know, um, so, so yeah, this discipling for, for me has become a life of following Jesus. A life of following yeah. Jesus. And, I'm, and I mean, I think that's, that's what Jesus gets at, yeah. uh, teaching them to obey yeah. everything yeah. That, I've, that I've commanded. Good. And I think we never graduate from, no, no. from saying, you know, I know what the Lord said in that command yeah. or what he requires of me and I've done that, I've graduated. If there's any Christian who has that kind of yeah. mindset or thinking, yeah. I think, brother, you must terug, come back, come back. My, come back. my uncle used to say, um, when we were young and we were being discipled, he used to, he used to say that a disciple is someone who, who follows Jesus, but they follow to learn. Wow. And they learn to follow. So wow. it's like the cycle you yes. you follow and you learn, yeah. you learn and, and you follow. follow. And I think the, the 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 part that needs to be added to that as well is that you follow, you learn, and you teach. Because yes. as you learn, you share what you've learned mm-hmm. and you teach others, others. to follow. Yeah. So that it's not just an internal learning, yes, but there's, yes, there's an yes, external, yes, yes. there's an outflow. You know? Wow, wow. So that just by that definition, that that by itself, yeah. that implies that every Christian, in one sense, yeah. Because we, we all have the Holy Spirit. We all yeah. are being discipled by God, by being discipled by the Spirit, being, discipled, being through sanctification. And then in, in, in return, belonging to a body of believers, to the church, yeah. uh, we have people walking alongside us in some form or way, whether it's intentional or unintentional. We belong to people and people are always giving input into our lives. So that implies it's not just me, the pastor guy. Or yeah, me in leadership, yeah, yeah. but me the 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 Christian, yeah, uh, the ordinary Christian, yeah, every follower, every follower. Are yeah. you telling me that that the guy in the pews, he's making disciples? Does is, is, is well, it, Jesus says in Matthew twenty eight, Jesus says to his disciples, yes, make disciples. Wow, and I think that sums it up. It's this is the work of everyone who has professed faith. And who has pledged their allegiance to follow Jesus? Wow! They need to mm-hmm. follow Jesus, and following Jesus means being a follower and making other followers. Wow! Um, and so we are. We often get tired, caught up in leadership roles and responsibilities. Ah. Mm-hmm. But this is the the responsibility and the calling. It's not a gift. 
It's not a special ministry. Yeah. You know, discipleship. I mean, the discipleship <laughs> ministry. There's, it's not a special yeah. ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, in, in Acts 11, the, the believers in Antioch, it says that the disciples there were first called Christians. Wow. Nowadays, we just call everyone a Christian and yeah. we just assume that they're a disciple, but it's only really those who were discipled who were regarded by the unbelieving community as followers of Jesus. Yeah. Christians, you know? Wow. Mm. So, so yeah, it's, and I would also say to, to something you mentioned a moment ago, I would say that discipling should not happen unintentionally. Yeah. Um, and it, it, unfortunately it does. And people are discipled into all kinds of things because it's not always an intentional relational journey in a community. Yeah. But Jesus said we must make disciples. disciples. So it's like, Okay, I'm setting about this specific task now, yep. and I know what I'm doing. I'm intentionally going to come alongside this person from this particular people group because yeah. he says make disciples of all nations, nations. Mm. and I'm going to teach you to follow Jesus, you know, yeah. or I'm going to teach this small group of people to follow Jesus. It's intentional. It's not yeah. by accident. Yeah. And, and I would also say it's really the work of the disciple. It's not, it's not the work of God. God does the sanctification part and sure. we make disciples by the power of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and with the grace of God. But it's our responsibility. Mm. It's I, I often say to people, Jesus doesn't make disciples anymore. He made disciples when he was here <laughs> and then he told us to do it. Now Jesus is building his church. Yeah. You know, Mike Breen says, we keep on wanting to swap jobs with Jesus. Like we want to build the church and make it great, but we want him to disciple people. And yeah. he said, I will build my church. You make disciples. disciples. You know? wow. And then he says, if you build the church, you might get disciples. But if you make disciples, you'll always get the genuine church. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think there's wow. a big That's responsibility on yes, our part. Yes, yes, yes. It's very interesting. Now, coming to this point of justice, um, mm. what on earth does discipleship have to do with justice and overcoming injustices mm. uh, and, and, and racism Sure. In the church and potentially outside of the church. Um, yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't really divorce it outside because it's so, it's such it's a the massive, same world. It's the same yeah, it's the same world. world. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sure. That's a, that's a very, <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah. I, I think if you asked me this question some years ago, I would have said nothing at all. Wow. Know, they're two mm-hmm. completely different things. Yeah. Um, but the more I've looked at the life of Jesus in the gospels, the more I realize that before we even get to the disciples or yeah. being a disciple, when you just look at our master, the one that we follow, you see that his life was just this integrated whole. And, yeah, and the way he lived among those who we called to follow him was just a life of teaching them what it means to be obedient to God mm-hmm. and obey God's commands in their world. And when you think of the world that Jesus came into, first century Palestine, it was a world that was actually faced with injustice on a day-to-day basis. I mean, Palestine, first century, was occupied by Rome. Mm. The Roman government wasn't a nice, happy, friendly government just handing out favors to their subjects. They were an oppressive government. They were oppressing 
the world of Jesus, they were oppressing them economically, socially, yeah. mm. even religiously, you know, socio-religiously. They didn't have all the kind of freedom that they would have hoped to have. They were oppressed politically. They didn't have self-rule. Yeah. So the the world that Jesus came into was a world where injustice was rife. Mm. And Jesus comes just living the scriptures, the Old Testament, you know. Yeah. In the face of all of that injustice and all of the, the various groups that were being marginalized, yeah. whether it be the outcasts, the widows, the orphans, the aliens, the strangers, even the, the foreigners, you know, there were these ten- these racial tensions between mm-hmm. Jews and Samaritans, yes, 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 yes. And Jews and Gentiles and males and females, you know, men mm-hmm. weren't. Yep. Even allowed to speak publicly to uh, to a, a, a woman, you know, there was all this injustice and oppression and marginalization in society, and we're not even talking about the way the religious leaders were oppressing people. people. Yeah, and in the midst of this, Jesus loves God and he loves people, and he yeah. teaches his followers to do the same. You know, yeah, and. Being a follower of Jesus means I need to live like he did. I can't just believe his message. Yeah. And I need to also look at his ways and follow that. that ways, yeah. And so when you start thinking about following Jesus in context, suddenly there's no gap between thinking, thinking about, about justice yeah. Yeah. and thinking about what it means, it means to be a follower. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think we've limited, again, discipleship to like, the fundamentals of the faith. So it's more kind of like just basic doctrine. You know, yes. this is who God is. This is who Jesus is. Even even, even evangelism. We've limited to evangelism like yeah. in many ways. Yeah. yeah. Just calling people to be converted. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, when we disciple them and we teach them, we don't teach them how to live in a world yeah. that is unjust and how their faith needs to Make mm-hmm. sense and please God in that world, and so yep. so there needs to be there needs to be a, a vision of this being an integrated whole. Yeah, you know? because because I, I I often hear people, you know, when the way you're explaining discipleship being this integrated whole yeah. uh, and looking at the life and example of Jesus, you know, in Luke's gospel, for example, yeah. um, I heard a recent sermon somebody saying that you know in Luke's gospel. Um, Jesus comes and says, I've come to proclaim, you know, the year of the Lord and, yeah. and, and the prisoners go free. And then somebody yeah. says, oh, but wait, John the Baptist was in prison. Yeah. Uh, you talk about justice. Yeah. John the Baptist was in prison. John the Baptist expected the, uh, this, 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 sure. this militant, you know, yeah, yeah. this, this, this messianic, messianic figure, figure to yeah. come and, and bring deliverance. Us, bring deliverance. Yeah. And, and here John finds himself in prison. Yeah. What is Jesus doing? He, he's just like, okay, now, yeah, John. That's not really my concern. Yeah. The blind are walking, the lame, yeah. you know, the, the, sure. the, the blind, the, <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. Um, but but yes, 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 can, can see. see. And, yeah. and, 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 and Jesus says, uh, in one sense, uh, you know, yeah, I've come for this. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you hang 10. I'm not, I'm not here to set you out of prison. Yeah. That's not what I came. So it's a spiritual right. prison. Right. All these things are spiritual. So when, yes. So mm. when you make disciples, let us keep the main, the main, and leave this justice and, and social. By the main, we mean just, the spiritual. The yeah. spiritual. Um, Faith towards God. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, what would you say to someone who says mm. to you, I hear you about the discipleship and I love what you said. Wow, yeah. some wonderful insights. But on that particular point yeah. of justice, I don't really see that that is the, the task and the mission mm. of the church. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. 
I would love to. I don't drink coffee, but I would like to go for coffee with someone like says that. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard that for many years, and and I was even taught that you know the Messiah that the Jews expected was a a militant or a political, spiritual kind of a freedom fighter, if you want, who was going to bring deliverance for the Jews, socio politically, socio religiously, but. But the Messiah that came was one who came to restore us spiritually yes. and to reconcile us back to God. God. Yeah. And so it's like they've lost that. They, they lost the plot, and yes. and it's all about yep. having a relationship with God. But I think that's a that's a misreading of what Jesus actually came to do. Because Jesus comes and he proclaims the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Yeah. He says the good news of the kingdom is at hand, and. And when you look at how he said the kingdom would come through some of his parables, he talks about the kingdom being like uh, a, a mustard seed, you know, that grows, but it's below the surface. And then eventually it grows into this huge tree hmm. that can influence and provide shade for all the birds of the air. And, mm-hmm. and then he, he paints other pictures of the kingdom being like yeast, you know, it's below yeah. the surface. You don't see it, but the next thing you see the effects of it. Yeah. And suddenly there's this rising and yeah. there's this... And and it's it's as if Jesus is saying, that thing that you expected me to come and do, that's what I'm doing, but not quite in the way that you expected. Yeah. Yes, I'm bringing liberty, and not just spiritual liberty. Yeah. I'm bringing economic liberty. I mean, you you look at someone like Zacchaeus, you look at someone like Matthew, Levi, and all Matthew's friends. They were tax collectors. Zacchaeus yeah. was a tax collector. Yeah. When they start following Jesus. They're no longer pledging allegiance to Rome and the Roman ways. They're now pledging allegiance to Jesus. Yeah. And that means whoever they were oppressing economically is no longer being oppressed. Wow. That also means that Rome, who was being enriched by these tax collectors, and, and Matthew uh, in Matthew's gospel also says it in Mark and Luke. Yes, Mark, yeah. There were many tax collectors who started following Jesus. It's not just Matthew. Yeah. So somehow Jesus calling them to be his disciples meant yeah. that Rome was not getting what they were getting anymore. Sure. So there's an indirect, like a subversion of a political system, but it's not in, yeah. uh, you know, Jesus wasn't running for governor, you yeah. know, yeah, yes, asking yes, yes. for votes. Yeah. It's it's not an overt campaigning. Yeah. It's a subversive advancement of the kingdom, like yeast, like seeds yep. below the ground. But eventually... It it got Jesus killed. Yeah. You by know. whom? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. By, by the very ones by who were being threatened, the religious leaders and even the, the Roman government. Yes, the Roman, and then they, so, they threw that at, at, exactly. at Pilate saying like, this king is exactly. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, making everything spiritual is kind of a, a, a misunderstanding of the work that Jesus came to do yeah. and a misunderstanding of how the kingdom advances. So disciples of Jesus advance the kingdom, kingdom. Yeah. and that has implications in every area of life you know yeah. social uh, religious political yeah yeah and i love i love how uh, the great commission 
passage, um, yeah. um, Matthew 28, Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth yeah. has been given to me. I'm, I'm, I'm enthroned. Yeah, I'm, that's a, I'm the king of God's kingdom. And it's I, a political and all, statement. And, 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 and he's basically saying all authority in heaven and earth. So when you make disciples, help, have, the, have them understand. Correct. Because it says, therefore, go and make disciples. In light of In this. light of who I am yeah. and what I've accomplished, go and make disciples Correct. in every sphere of, of, of society. Having an understanding yes. that the Lord that they serve is the God of what they yeah. What he has made them stewards of. Correct. And so if you heaven if you, and earth. Heaven and earth. Yeah. There's there's the spiritual element. Understand that there's a yeah. there's a spiritual yeah. war, but that spiritual war has also come and infiltrated real the human earth, realm. earth, yeah. earth realm. And yeah. and there's 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 strongholds. Correct. There's this there's political strongholds. There's the socioeconomic strongholds. There's there's things that, that God doesn't want for his world. That's the context. That's the earth Jesus sends them into to make disciples. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't exactly. send them to heaven to make disciples there. Sure. Yeah. That is that is that is so powerful. Um I don't know. I was I was also reading what is it? Um, um it was Jude and Jude talks about the Lord, you know, having having set his people out of out of Egypt, mm. uh, out of out of slavery and all these things. And uh, I, I, some translations actually say that he, early manuscripts have uh, the Lord Jesus mm. delivered his people hmm. out of, out of slavery. And I, and I, yes, and I found that so interesting. So mm. you tell me the God who came to Moses and said, I have a concern for the oppression of my people, Jesus. not the spiritual. It is Jesus coming to Moses and says, hey. I don't like what's happening to yeah. my people here. Yeah. My people must be set free. So that they can worship me. So that they can but worship me. But they need me. to be physically, socially, yeah. economically Have the released. freedom to come. Yeah. And Pharaoh understands that when Moses comes mm, to him. It's a threat. The, implica- the implications yeah. of that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, it is, it's a threat to empire. And, yeah. and, 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 and the gospel obviously speaks against Correct. that. And it speaks Correct. to that. Um, sure, listen, that's good. Sure. Uh, I want to ask. Let's let's bring it a little bit home. What implications does all of this have for the South African context? Mm, mm. There's a lot of injustice happening here. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening here. There's a lot of people not being discipled. Yeah. There's a lot of people taking office, uh, uh, whether politically, whether in leadership, whatever yeah. form, and 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 they they have this dichotomy yeah. of discipleship and, yeah. and 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 justice, and 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 a lot of people, a lot of things are going wrong, even in in in. A, in, in in the in the secular world where mm. uh, businesses uh, owners uh, guys don't see the relationship between you know what I've been taught and how I've been discipled yeah. and how I manage uh, there's the people that work under me and how I pay my my workers yeah uh, is there other any avenues in terms of sure how this what impacts, does it how does it yeah. for the South African yeah. context I think I would start by saying maybe I'd, I'd disagree with you slightly and then I'd say that people are being discipled all the time. Are they? But it's what they're being discipled into. Sure. It's the it's yeah. You know, if discipling is setting an example and, and teaching, they're not being discipled into the ways of Jesus. They might be discipled into the ways of their church or wow. or the ways of the world, you know. But yeah. somebody's influencing you and teaching you and showing you how to live a certain way. Well, somebody is, hence you do what you hence do. you do what you do. Somebody yeah. is shaping your value system and your values are leading to the way you behave, you know, mm-hmm. it's, somebody's discipling you. Yeah. Um, and, and even in the church, I think we, we are making lots of disciples of our movements or our networks or our denominations. You know, we're making even disciples of some of our church leaders and people are growing to be like that, to believe like that, to live like that. Mm-hmm. And the challenges are we being discipled into Jesus. I mean, when you, when you look at the South African context, 
just on a on a on a social social level i mean there's there's still so much division economically and culturally ethnically yeah. right mm. um and the churches exist within these divisions yeah so it's like you you start a new church where this is south africa where are you going to start your church mm. no 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 it's just a church for god's people yeah but god's people where yeah because wherever you plant that church it's going to speak to your values so you starting a church in a community that's historically and still present pre- presently economically affluent yeah what does that say about what you believe about Jesus and the way of the kingdom so if you ask like one or one of the things that that needs to happen in South Africa i think disciples need to be made across barriers yeah. the the thing about making disciples also often we are misguided into believing that it's this private it's almost like counseling you know going to see a therapist it's just like this private one on one thing i'm yeah. the expert i'm discipling you you know you my my spiritual son or daughter yes, yes, yes. and i have all the information but when you look at how jesus made disciples it was always in community so jesus had 12 disciples and they were learning and growing together yeah. you know you see paul with his teams they they always groups people meeting yeah. in homes there's groups there's communities of people learning together to follow Jesus but when you look at those communities even with Jesus those communities were diverse you know you've got a zealot yeah. you've got business people you've got a tax collector these people are on opposite ends of sure. political spectrum but they're in the same community learning to follow the same Jesus and they're being sharpened and shaped by each other wow. i think if in south africa we can learn to make disciples and i'm just talking church now yeah. i'm not even talking the business world and the marketplace yeah. and mm. political arena just in the church if we can learn to make disciples across those racial cultural uh, uh socioeconomic divides you're going to think very differently about your faith yeah. if if you are being discipled i've had the privilege of of being discipled by people who are not from my people group i was discipled for many years by someone who was from Zimbabwe so his world view was very different from mine yeah and so as i would spend time with him spend time in his home you know watch him interact with his children yeah. and even travel with him and do ministry with him it just rubs off on you and it shapes you and you start looking at the world differently mm-hmm. yeah um and and even today i'm i i have discipleship relationships even in our church now we're part of a new church plant and the relationships are all integrated it's and it's yeah. not just integrated in terms of culture also in terms of class hmm. so now you study the 10 commandments together but you study the commandments with people who are richer than you and poorer than you yeah. and suddenly thou shalt not covet takes on a new meaning yeah like you you've got a car or two and you read the scripture and it says thou shalt not covet so you say to your brother who, who has nothing thou shalt not covet now, what does that mean mm, yeah. for you know? So yeah. your disciple, your discipleship in in a diverse context is is yeah. is going to have a completely different uh, grow, growing impact on you yeah. than. Uh, and I think in South Africa, mm. that's what the church needs to be asking: What kind of disciples are we making? making? Yeah, and and are they growing to be like Jesus, who can live for God in the South African context with yeah. all its inequality? Or are they just people who believe a certain body of truth yeah. um, that they hold to and they say, okay, well, I pledge allegiance to this. I'm a Christian. 
yeah. but it has no outworking in their day-to-day relationships. Yeah. Sure, man. Um, I mean, we can talk about business and we can talk, talk about, about yeah, all yeah. of that. But I mean, those guys, those very people are the yeah. people who go back to exactly to the marketplace. Exactly. So those, you, those very people exactly. and students and, 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 and the family of exactly. God are the very people in these positions. Exactly. So if we can get it right as a family of faith, a community yeah. of faith, a church, then we, 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 we can export that value system and that way of life yeah. into our everyday spaces and we can become those models yeah. of what reconciliation and justice can look like in the South African context. Yeah. But we need to be practically discipled into it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also because we inherited a lot of theology that we, that we, that we, we actually sit with. We don't know. And, we, we, and we're willing to die for these things without even yeah. asking the relevant questions. Yeah, where does and this even come checking, from? And even yeah. checking ourselves. Like, am I being truthful and honest and faithful yeah. to, to the people of, of, of in my context yeah. and whom I'm sharing and living the gospel with. Yeah. I want to I ask one important question before we um, wrap this up. And it is this question. It is, it is impossible to talk about discipleship and justice without talking about proximity to people. Sure. Sure. You can't talk about justice without talking about proximity. Mm. You can't talk about uh, a discipleship without talking about yeah. proximity. Sure. Uh, how significant is this in a country um, with our history mm. uh, where people have been kept apart? Sure. Um, I mean, you, you did speak on this, yeah, in this and on the whole, yeah. you know, but, but here's the thing. Oftentimes that rich guy is not going to go to, to, that white rich guy is not going to end up in gooks. Yeah. And people of color are not, it's, 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 it's mm. rare that people actually, yeah. we, we are separated. Yeah. There's we no are, proximity. Se- yeah. We yeah. are separated. And, no, hundred um, percent, sure. And uh, I mean, you, 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 or you in a marginalized community, and you, and you discipling people there. But, yeah. but then the reality is, at some point, like you in youth ministry, at some point, uh, those young people uh, are going to mm. get into uh, spaces in a world that have have my have yeah. my youth leader prepared me for. Yeah. yeah. For the stuff, yeah, no, for sure. Um, sure, when you talk about proximity, that's just you know, recently our team just last week, our team was looking at um, we're just doing a devotion Mm -hmm. and uh, we were reflecting on the poor and proximity to the poor, and we were looking at Jesus again, and it comes back to how we've been discipled, you know. Yeah, I think often, um, you know, as as evangelicals or Bible believing Christians, whatever you might call it, we We've been introduced to a Jesus who's almost like classless. He's just, he's Jesus. He's God. He didn't yeah. have, it's almost like he's not human, you know, <laughs> which is not orthodox theology. Like orthodox yeah. Christian theology is Jesus is fully God and fully human. Yes. But we kind of pay lip service to the fully human, the humanity of Jesus. And we, and we kind of just default to he's my God. My Lord and my King, you know? Yes, yes, yes. You know? And in his humanity, I think we forget that this Jesus was a real human being mm-hmm. who fitted into a specific social class when he was on earth. Yeah. And the Bible is clear. Jesus was poor. You know, I've heard lots of people try and say that Jesus was rich. Yeah. But the text clearly says he was you should, poor. You should listen to Mary's <laughs> prayer when she hears 
that, that she's, she's going to have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She talks about the humble. Exactly. The, the rich you. Exactly. I would have thought it would have been one of those guys. But no, no, no. My Lord, you, you came to me. The humble, the, the poor. The poor you came and to a young, a yes. young woman. And, and so just talking about Mary. So we were looking at um, Mary and Joseph when they brought Jesus to be dedicated and circumcised in the yeah. temple mm-hmm. when he was eight days old. And, and Luke, it's in Luke 2. Luke quotes from Leviticus. I think it's Leviticus 12. Speak under correction, but it's in Leviticus where Luke quotes the law of dedication and, and, and he says, they brought the required, I'm paraphrasing, they brought the required sacrifice to pigeons. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you go yeah. and look at Leviticus, it doesn't start off bring two pigeons. It says bring a lamb. Yeah. And this is the required sacrament. But if you can't afford it and you are poor, yeah. then you That's may bring. You bring. So this is the bare minimum. Yeah. Luke just says they brought the required sacrifice. So Luke is showing you that Joseph and Mary were poor. Yeah. They were the, they were amongst the poorest people in the community and that led us to this reflection that that the Jesus we follow in his humanity was a poor man. Yeah. A poor child grew up in a poor society. So I follow a poor Jesus. So when we talk about proximity to the poor, do we even start like Christologically? Do we yeah. even go identifying with the poor means identifying with Jesus. Sure. Not not just God has a heart for the poor. Jesus was poor. Yeah. Following Jesus means following a poor man. <laughs> and and then from there, you know, like, okay, I have a heart for the poor because I love Jesus. Wow. And Jesus was poor. And then we get to your Matthew 25s, whatever yeah. you've done for the least of these you've done mm. for me. But you also then understand why the poor was so important to Jesus was because yeah. he fully identified with him. He was one of them. He wasn't, he didn't just have a heart for them. Mm. He was them. And I think if 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 we think about our faith and the author of our faith yeah. in that way, I think it might shape how we think about the poor yeah. around us. But mm. unfortunately, often our faith is very comfortable and wrapped up in kind of a middle class, yeah. you know, uh, wrapping and and packaging, and so it insulates us and keeps us away from. Yeah. And it helps us to reinforce that distance. Uh, coming back to this idea of, you know, people are, uh, and here's, here's the question I want you want us to delve into. Is think, think of practical things. How do we, how yeah. do we get the ordinary guy on the street involved yeah. in, in, in discipleship with yeah. an intentionality looking at, at, at justice? Yeah. I'm thinking of myself. There's so many homeless people yeah. around us. Yeah. And, and I'm always thinking about um, not wasting my stuff yeah. and not... Uh, Using 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 what the Lord has given me as I as I as I help and love and serve yeah. these guys, yeah. uh, um, how does how does proximity to yeah. that look? Uh, but also, how does intentional? Am I am I thinking of discipling this yeah. guy? Yeah. Uh, as I'm as I'm as I'm helping and aiding yeah. and 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 trying to love him yeah. as Jesus loved him. Yeah. Um, uh, would have would have wanted me to love to love him. Yes. My wife and I, we're going through Acts uh, as a couple, uh, reading through it, and yeah. we're about to get to Acts chapter three, where 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 Peter and and John walks past this homeless man, yeah, and and it just strikes me how many times Peter says to the man, "Look at us, yeah, 
eye contact, sure. recognizing his humanity. Mm. As this man asked, and he says, silver, I have nothing. Yeah. But what I have is the gospel. Yeah. And and he and he loves this guy. Yeah. Uh, practically, the guy gets healed. Yeah. But there's this there's this real identifying his humanity. And then yeah. the Bible says the man paid attention to them, mm. and he labors this point, recognizing mm. the humanity of mm. the human being of, yeah. of the person. Yeah. And and that's that's that speaks for me because uh, often we don't think about as you said we don't think about the all these people around us as discipling. Am, yeah. am I discipling yeah. someone? Am yeah. I helping? And, yeah. and is that Feeding into this idea that, you know, Jesus came and did this stuff. Mm. Um, I must, and not just he came and did this stuff, but he, he, he embodied what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how does that yeah. look in my personal, yeah. personal life? Sure. Uh, are there any practical from yeah. your side, any, any practical yeah. uh, things you want to tell the listeners? Yeah, I think if, and this is just stuff that we are being challenged with, even in our local church at the moment. Yeah. And we, we, we feel God is beginning to ask us questions like, are you going to do ministry to the poor uh, as if they are just another project or people out there yeah. program? Or are you going to do ministry with the poor, you know, which comes back to proximity, like are they one of us, you know, and do we invite them into our community? And because that's, that's, that suddenly changes the, the landscape because now they are us and some of us have and some of us don't. And it's kind of like an Acts 2 situation now mm-hmm. with those who had and those who didn't. But but when there's no, again, back to your, your statement about proximity, where there's no proximity, they mm-hmm. are not us. They are not part of our community. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so some of the practical things we've done is we've intentionally created a community where the people are not equal. The, mm-hmm. the, economically, they're not equal. Even in terms of age, they are older people, they are younger people. Um, culturally, they are not the same, and and now we we be, we've become friends. Yeah. We are eating together. We are in each other's homes. We are in each other's lives. And now suddenly you realize, wait, we can't all be in everyone's home yet because some of the homes are too small to accommodate all of us. So if we want to have lunch together or a meal together, we we can't quite do it. In a particular home Because that home Is just physically too small Yeah You know But you are our friends We are brothers and sisters And so It's The practicality Of relationship Is bringing new things to light And it's challenging us Yeah To, to adjust our lifestyles And to open our hearts And to open our homes yeah. To people And um, uh, we were having conversations About um, Just the homeless In our area Just last week And we realized that it's going to come back to discipling people, building a relationship with individuals, yep. finding out where they are in their lives, not just in their faith, but in their whole lives. Mm. Do you have work while you're on the street? How do we help you reintegrate into a community yeah. of value and belonging and purpose? Yep. Can we help you get your ID? Can we help you get your... You know, because if you listen to the story of an individual on the street, it's a complex journey. Yeah. So do we, are we just going to give you soup and bread or are we going to engage? And you need soup and bread, but yeah. are we going to engage your life and wow. inconvenience ourselves sure. and journey with you? Discipling is a journey. Yeah. So we're teaching you about Jesus, but we're also showing you Jesus. You know, it's, and it's just messy. It's easier to just preach yeah. a sermon on this stuff. 
yeah. than to do it. True, true, you know? true. So, but I mean, in terms of practical things, yeah. those are some of the things that in our in our community of disciples that we're asking now. So, how do we become personally acquainted with individuals and walk long term with yeah. them? Uh, do we do? We, can we take you to home affairs? Can we sit in the queue wow. with you? Wow. You know, how do we? Like, what don't you have? Like, you, yes. do you have a work permit? You you you've got a job, but you need a space to work. You can't apply for the space because you're not South African. You know, again, Jesus, yeah. the aliens, the widows, the orphans, the outcasts. So how do we, can we stand in the gap for you and apply on your behalf? Those are the practical things wow. that we're wrestling with. But we wouldn't have been asking these questions if we weren't intentionally discipling, pe- discipling people who are not like us, you know. Wow. Wow. I don't have answers. I just, I'm just telling you what we're wrestling with. It's exactly. a process. Yeah. But, but, I, but I love coming back to this idea of access ministries. Uh, what has the Lord given you? Yeah. Um, the Lord has given you time. Yeah. Uh, maybe He's giving you resources. Maybe yeah. He's giving you more resources than, than the other person. Correct. And 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 we need to be thinking intentionally yeah. about about those things. Yeah. We need to. We need to. And and I think to. just to to um, to come back to something you mentioned earlier when you spoke about Acts three and how how Peter was just kind of putting his humanity forward. You know, he does a mighty miracle by the Spirit, yes. but he's still human. He's still in the flesh. And he says, look at me. I think if if we just realize again our humanity and and recognize our oneness with other human beings and and make disciples from that vantage point, man, then you realize, hey, this is a human struggle. Yeah. And this is a journey yeah. that we all need to be on. When you look at discipleship in the in the ancient Jewish context, the idea of the rabbi and his followers, it was a very human thing. Yeah. You know, they would literally walk in the dust of their rabbi and follow every move that he makes. They wanted to see how he eats, how he talks to to other people, yeah. how he, how he, uh, just these mannerisms, just these humanness, yeah. and 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 learning from that, and almost wanting his dust literally to fall on them so that they can become more like him. You yeah. know, it's that human kind of modeling and 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 teaching through example. Yeah. And but you need proximity for it. Yeah, you definitely do. Um sure, Jeremy. <laughs> this was this was intense. Um Yeah, you I'm, intense I'm, with your questions. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of 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 so many things that I that I that I that I have done, so many things that I've neglected, so many things that I still need to and can do. Yeah. Uh, in this regard, um and on the people that I am currently discipling. Yeah. And how am I discipling them? Yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's a question every single. It's not a question for your pastor. Yeah. It's a question every single one of us need to ask ourselves. Correct. Every single one of us, guys. There you have it. Listen, uh, we're about to sign out, but please follow us on Twitter at Yella Mensa, mm. and don't forget that Yella Mensa is also now on both iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you guys can. Go on there, give us your ratings, give us your likes. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget our Theology, Justice and Theology Forum with Ryan Seville coming up, overcoming your socialization. Guys, we'd love to see you, we'd love to hear from you, love to engage with you guys. If by now you didn't recognize this man's voice, he is the guy behind Exilic Music who (laughs) produces 
stands behind excellent music baby who stands behind us behind us who hems us in from the side and we actually recording this podcast at exilic music today at exilic music today so this is very special guys super this is this super special this is very special so please this audio was produced by exilic music check them out at uh, www can i say exilic.co.za my man my man <laughs> guys signing out we've got work to do as john says booyah